Welcome to TFW Live, the best kept secret in fantasy football, where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. This is episode 306, where we're doing a 12-team half-point PPR mock draft, along with Ahan Runka. Very excited for today's episode, and support for TFW Live is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels manscapes performance package it's the ultimate in men's hygiene bundle you can join the six million men worldwide who trust manscape with this exclusive offer for you 20 percent off free worldwide shipping just use the code tfwman at manscape.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping with the code tfwman I'm Austin Sear and joined here by my best friends Johnny Game Time Mix <laughs> and Big Travi. You can see them there. And of course, what up to you, Whisper Nation? Great to have you with us. Jersey Jay in the house. Don Tivis. We got Nemo Ladies, Classic Mike, Ronald Calla, Albert joining us this Monday. This is awesome. What is up to all of you? And a lot of gratitude to our members on YouTube who support the show now through a monthly subscription. Shout out here to Pizza Belly, Don Caples, Bailey Ziegler, Kevin Dobby, Nick, Brett Zabo, John Credit, Eric Lorenzen, Donnie Tubbs, Jersey J, and the Hannibal. And if you'd like to join our growing list of YouTube members, just click join next to the video. Shout out as well to our patrons who have supported the show throughout. We've got big updates coming to our Patreon this month. Stay tuned. And thank you to those who subscribed or followed us on social media this week. We yeah. got Ben Funko, yeah. Stephen Reed, Christopher Thomas, Queen Roxanne, CJF, Will Haberman, Tim Shipman, Pete Riddles, riddle me that, Jordan, The Thinking Fan, CW, Half Dan, Marcus Le, ooh, Ben Dover, Chez, Riley Dynasty, FF, Jack and Forth, Josh G, Quicksmith, Michael, Isaac, C-R-S-P-N-D-K, Eric Schlinkler, Goodrich, <laughs> Rich Benny, Black Saber Jr., Caballo Blanco, Philip Robinson, Black Zombie Knight 87, TBMD, Bardo Tripper, Rafi 69 Bomb. There you are, Gronkowski. Yeah. Afton Bow Madsen, let's react. Oh boy, will we? Black Maura, Travis, Girasira, Eric Torres, Keanu Six, and David Gala. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Whisper Nation. As we mentioned on today's episode, we're joined by a very special guest. We've got betting and analytics guru over at Roto Underworld. Warm welcome for Ahan Runka. Welcome, my dude. Let's go. What's up, Ahan? Bro, guys, I wasn't wasn't planning on getting that fired up, man, but we got all these great intros. Dude, yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. Way to intro here now to our man, Ahan Runka. How are you doing? Thanks for joining us. So I said, what's up, guys? I have no idea if my audio is good enough to for it Sounds to notice awesome. that I was actually whispering. Um, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Try we yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Tale of a start for me, but not, not too bad, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Been watching uh, for a few weeks now. Found out about you all recently, so it's an honor to be on. Appreciate we, that. Yeah, we, we appreciate having you watch us, and we appreciate having you on here, man. It's been yeah. going to be a blast. As Jersey Jay says here, you sound amazing. And what we like to do is kick the sounds off. Go in with that. I didn't mean to click on sexy voice. <laughs> yes, let's go, dude. Yeah, you snuck that one in there and, and the fingers. Yes. Happened. What we like to do here, Ahan, is to do a, our series of questions 
so that not just us, but Whispered Nation can get to know you a little bit better. Some fantasy questions, some fantasy adjacent questions. We'll jump into that now if you're ready. Let's do it. And we're going to jump into it if you're not ready too. That's just how we're going to go. <laughs> just kidding. What year did you start? What year did you start playing fantasy football? Uh, it was 2016. So I'm, I'm, I'm a young man, fairly recently. Do you root for your NFL team or your fantasy team more? Okay, so guys, I'm a Patriots fan, so this has been pretty easy for me for the most part. My real-life team first, I feel like we always have high stakes. Last year was a true test. Still rooted for my for my Patriots a little more, especially because, you know, that was a true test because you don't roster Patriots players from last year on your fantasy team unless it's Jacoby Myers. So let's go, Jacoby! Still, still the Patriots more, but this is what I do. You know, favorite fantasy. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Favorite fantasy player all time. Again, a young, young an answer here, but I have to go Cooper Cup just because I've been so ahead um, on him last year. I owned him in all but one league. Um, It's the highest. I I don't go like ninety percent exposure on players often. But I did last year on Cooper Cup. Oh, that's a year to do it. Hey, but when you do, you do it with Cooper Cup. Let's go. Uh, How about a player that's burned you the most, Uh uh-huh? Michael Thomas? Uh, I feel it's only – That's a good one. I've only rostered him a few times, and they've all come recently. Um, And The one time I do bench him, he drops 30 points. So just go with him. (laughs) Just a little salty. I mean, most of it's my fault, but still – What's your favorite live draft moment? I haven't been doing live drafts that often until the last couple of years. Um, Got to go with Scott Fishbowl. Finally, uh, oh, finally nice. participating in the Scott Fishbowl this year. Live nice, draft. congrats! Awesome. Thank you. It was it was absolutely lit. Shout out Scott Fish. He's the goat. Yeah, me. yeah, that dude's awesome. Just Scott that Fish. entire draft was. Um, I'm going to cheat and just use that entire draft day. Um, <laughs> I was there for eight hours. Enjoyed every single minute of it. That's awesome. What's a sound that you love? The real answer is Elvis Presley's voice doing literally anything. But <laughs> oh, wow, dude. I love like it. That. Yeah. But to keep it fantasy football themed, you know when you draft on ESPN and they say you're on the clock, it's the most annoying thing in the world, but it gets your heart racing. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. But when you're on the clock. Yeah. yeah but no, who yeah. doesn't want to be on the clock? Like that's yeah. the best feeling. Yeah. Uh, favorite swear word? I'm gonna go Ronald Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Oh, good. that's a great I unique answer. That that's great. Uh, what is uh, the most leagues you've ever played in? In one year? This this number is an ascending number every every year. Last year, not counting like underdog DFS yeah. whatnot redraft leagues. Last year it was six. Uh, this year it's going to be. So far, at least twelve. So Ooh, each year it's it. each year it's going double up. down, huh? Yeah. Most exciting fantasy football moment. Uh, last year um, in my home league, uh, the semifinals, Monday night football, uh, Lamar Jackson diarrhea moment against the Browns. Oh, I was yeah. down heavy going into Monday night football. I had only Lamar Jackson. Before he went into the locker room, I was down two touchdown pass to Marquise Brown. I walk it off and then I win the championship next. Mm. Wow. Nice. Awesome. Favorite game day beverage? Uh, tepid water. It's I, I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that can't 
you know, do something too fancy, um, you know, alcoholic, et cetera, especially while watching uh, a game that means a lot to me. Can't do it. Yeah. Tepid water. Nice and easy. What's your What's your favorite movie theater snack? M&M's. The whole bag. Just yes. that. <laughs> uh, kickoff's in two minutes. You're still deciding your flex in your number one league. Do you go with your gut or your weekly rankings? Ooh. Uh, as as someone who as someone who who uses gut a lot for weekly rankings, I've gotten burned a lot for just like going weekly rankings, and then you know switching up last minute due to injury stuff, overthinking the matchup. Uh, I I have to say gut at this point because that that's what that's what's worked for the most part. My gut's pretty analytical for the most part anyway. If I did the work and I if I created a gut. Got to stick with it. Stop changing your damn mind last minute. Yeah. <laughs> so we, our last one here, what is your favorite position to draft from in redraft leagues here in 2022? Saying this as we get our draft board brought up on screen. This year, uh, it's it's got to be 102. Uh, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting my overall number one player in fantasy football this year at the 102 almost every single time. Christian McCaffrey, um, that that's my RB one. I actually think it's quite easy. You should take Christian McCaffrey one hundred and one uh, for a variety of reasons. But since I'm almost getting him every single time, add the one hundred and two when I'm doing underdog drafts. I'll go one hundred and two. You get the you get the early pick, and I'm getting my number one guy anyway. There you go. You got it. Thanks for blessing us with the answers to all of those questions. Bet great to get to know you a little bit, and let's get to know who everyone here is going to be picking up in the draft board. Johnny Travis, we ready to get this bad boy rolling? Absolutely, let's man. Hey, let's, let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> oh, I gotta get the. I gotta get the 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 image here. What did we just say? Let's ride. Let's ride. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right, I'm on the clock, and I. This has been a really interesting year with not a clear, clear, clear consensus of right at the top. Ahan, you mentioned how you wanted to be taking Christian McCaffrey. I've heard Big Travi say the same thing. I'm going to go ahead and pick up Christian McCaffrey in this 12-team half-point PPR mock draft. Can I hear your take a little bit, though, on this one-two punch? You've been going two because you've liked CMC to fall to you there, but that means that Someone could do what I just did and take CMC one. How do you feel if Jonathan Taylor falls to you at that two spot? I'm I'm pivoting to Justin Jefferson. I'm Ooh. fine with Jonathan Taylor falling a, a little bit more. Um, I like what the Colts did this offseason, getting in Matt Ryan, uh, drafting Alec Pierce, who I like quite a bit anyway. Um, I'm gonna take my take my selection first. Um, I like what the Colts did with this offense from the football standpoint. Um, Jonathan Taylor teams are going to be zoned in on him uh, a little more this year. Alec Pierce is, should I say, that guy. Michael Pittman's a superstar um, in the making. Um, this this uh, th- this uh, offensive game should be a little more balanced with Matt Ryan instead of freaking Carson Wentz. Um, the touchdowns are going to go down. Um, McCaffrey, he's, he is what he is. Every <laughs> time he touches the ball, he produces fantasy points at an elite level decent quarterback in Baker Mayfield this year. So I'm fine with Taylor falling and Justin Jefferson's my wide receiver one. I like it. Uh, somebody has their volume on and that is the first time I have heard when someone misses a pick, they yell. 
Oh no, <laughs> that was classic. Sorry. So I wasn't, I wasn't laughing at your answer. I was laughing at that because I had not heard that before. And it sounds like Smitty's about to do the same thing. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and tap this unmake the sound button on that one to be rad on this i think it's it's in the My top right hand corner top right hand corner yeah yeah for the I, the sound effect i think it might be a hans i don't know uh, yeah it's just in the middle of the two between the the bell and the the moon, the moon. I, I have clicked die button nice, yeah. nice. So really good. you Thank said where, you. jonathan taylor where does jonathan taylor fall for you uh-huh in a half point or a standard league One, 103 i'll take him 103 yeah Travi, how are you feeling right now at the top of the draft? We got Scott oh, coming in saying Henry is the number one. And in standard, I don't got an issue with that. If we're going to say injury concern is the only concern that stands for a lot of players here going in the first round. But we're not. We're in a half point PPR. You in our league of record, which our chat has been getting active with, are blessed with the first overall pick, meaning you get to pick where you draft from. Can you inform us where your headspace has been at right now? Yeah, I think it's typically going to be at the top, probably 101, just because I want to be able to control my destiny. You know, I liked what Ahan says there about 102, but then you're still, like you said, Austin, you're giving it, you're leaving it up a little bit to chance. So I'd keep the 101. The only reason I'd be tempted not to is because I do think there's different variations of, of going with one of the top three wide receivers or one of the top two running backs. So going in the 1-5 actually means, you know, one – the top five means you'll probably get a better, like if you go four or five, you get a better shot at, at somebody falling in the second round to you. So that's why I, I could be interested in doing that. But I think in order, you know, in our league of record, it's a standard league. Running backs are very, very valued. Uh, it's two wide receivers, two running backs. So the scarcity is real. Uh, I've been finding myself continuously wanting to get the one-on-one. So I make sure I get one of those two guys, two running backs. Johnny, where are you at on this conversation? Well, I'm picking second to last, so I'm probably going to be at the second half of uh, the draft. Is that what you're referring to is like where I'm picking or are you talking about CMC versus Jonathan Taylor? First, I want to know CMC, Jonathan Taylor. Where are you at on this conversation? So I actually do think that CMC after like reevaluate. I know we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. I'm, I still think Dalvin Cook finishes as the one on one, but for running backs. But I do think that uh, when you're talking about CMC here, I'm going to draft real quick. Cause when, you, when you're talking about CMC, when he is on the field and playing, and that's what you're drafting these players for, he is like four points on average. It was either four or six points I read uh, on average better than the next best running back. And so when you're heading that much of an advantage, it does like that's what you take. That's one of those points where you're like, oh, this is why you would take him at the one-on-one because there are a lot of running backs that, in theory, you could make an argument for taking out the one-on-one, but it's something like that that you want to be able to be like, oh, this is why you would take it and really swing because you're really swinging for a home run there because you have the one-on-one pick. So that's kind of what you want to do in some cases. There's also the other case you know, where it's like, Hey, just try to pick a guy that's going to top finish top five so that if you do that, I think Jonathan Taylor is a lock there. So that's why it's like if the argument of someone saying I want to take Jonathan Taylor is because I have less injury risk and I think he's going to finish top five. OK, I, I feel that. Johnny, staying here with you, it, it, I want to kind of get to your other question you brought up of making other picks in that first round. 
not somebody who has a top of the draft selection. So you, you, you're selecting like you, where you are in Toltem. You're second to last. You're, yours one and truly here is selecting dead last. So you and I are in similar positions, Johnny. Right. And, you know, I've been drafting what I think is going to be what we have left over to choose from. And I think that's probably like pick seven, eight, nine, ten is where we probably ended up getting stuck somewhere in there. I've found it's if you get comfortable taking a Joe Mixon or if you can bring yourself to take if you get excited about like a DeAndre Swift in the first or or one of these receivers, it's really not that big of a deal. But in, 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 in what is what is your take, though, here drafting, say, like a Joe Mixon or a Devontae Adams in that first round? Would you find yourself maybe reaching for a Saquon? Is Aaron Jones get a bump up at all? Where do you kind of find yourself in that? Not at the turn in the first round, but after the middle. I do think Aaron Jones is like one of the running backs I'm targeting there. I think Javante Williams with the information that we have, you know, uncovered over the last couple of weeks with, you know, rumors and stuff. I do think Javante does have that, you know, top five upswing. So for me, it's either like you have to go with the running backs that either have the top five upswing because at that point you're just you're picking behind the wave. So you're kind of trying to catch up and that's not always the best way to play. Um, Now I do think that there are a couple of players that grabbing there. I think that do have top five up upside, but then that's when I would try to like potentially pivot to say, okay, what wide receivers are available where I can potentially gain an advantage there, or maybe like a, take a Kelsey if Kelsey is still available uh, because Kelsey is a, a positional advantage. So. so that that segues into my next spot here with Kelsey and I'm bringing it, I'm going to bring it over to my selections here and I want to tag in Ahan here and it connects with Johnny, which you kind of just said Jersey J here, CMC and Pitts being the biggest butts along with CD. The, the CMC bus talk is just, if you think he's going to get hurt, fine, but we're going to put that notion to bed for the sake of this conversation. Pitts, though, is an actual interesting one. And I selected the 101 spot here because I wanted to play around with the turn when it came here and seeing what guys were available. In my mind, Travi, you turned me on to this two years ago. Selecting one of those positional tight ends, one of those difference makers at tight ends at the 101 turn here coming for the second, third round actually makes kind of a lot of sense. You know, getting a positional advantage in the form of a Mark Andrews or a Kyle Pitts a couple years ago, that was a George Kittle, you know, pick up there. This year, though, Ahan, I wanted to know where you're looking at. If you're ta- if you're sitting in the 101 spot, when it comes to you in the second, third round, how are you approaching those two picks? I'm I'm getting a lot of Kyle Pitts just because he's a generational football player and just this whole idea of like forcing yourself to get a positional advantage at tight end. I think it's even less big of a deal this year. If you're forcing yourself to take Andrews there, I, I I'm I, I think Andrews is being slightly overdrafted. I love Mark Andrews, but he's being slightly overdrafted. Is he the three for you? He's the three for me. it's okay. Kelsey and then Pitts and um, then Mark Andrews for me. Um but I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of pits just because, yes, we get the positional advantage there, but also I think he could legitimately outscore most wide receivers as well. Mm-hmm. The volume's going to be there. The touchdowns are going to go up. Getting the positional advantage just means that he's definitely going to be worth the price that he's at right now. But I'm not reaching for Mark Andrews if I don't get pits. I'm fine with waiting for the middle rounds. I have a couple of guys that I can get in the final rounds at tight end that I think are going to crush their ADP as well. So I'm not 
panicking if I miss out on my guy Pitts. I hear you on this one. You know, Scott coming in, basically echoing some of the messages we're speaking right now. Statistically, taking an elite tight end in the two through fourth round improves your chances of winning. Yeah, getting an elite tight end just improves your chances of winning, especially if they've done it at the clip Travis Kelsey has done over the last like seven, eight years. Um, and we saw some data actually on this most recently. Travi, who I, excuse, I forgot the guest that we had just brought on here, but had talked about where you would have advantages going zero RB, selecting your quarterbacks and your tight ends. Yeah, so it was Hayden Weeks from Underdog that uh, pointed out that basically if you are going to go zero RB or even hero RB, the idea is to scoop away some of these onesie positions. You know, you de- definitely want to take a Pitts or, or you know, and, and, and personal preference is there. I think with, with Han Sang, with Pitts versus Andrews, he's ready to punt the position if he doesn't get Pitts, and I, I could see that. Um, uh, but I think you want to scoop up a quarterback. You want to scoop up a tight end that's a lead at some point if you're going to go maybe one single QB or zero RB. And I got to make my second selection here, man. This RB dead zone. We talked a lot about how this doesn't really exist so much this year. It's certainly gotten some feelings of existence <laughs> to it's me. Like, uh-huh. yeah. What's your feeling? Oh, yeah. What do you, just the whole panel. What do you guys think about the RB dead zone? That's beginning to emerge right now. Antonio Gibson should not be in the RB dead zone. I don't care about Brian Robinson as much as the rest of the world does. Get Antonio the fuck Gibson, out of here, Brian Robinson. <laughs> Antonio Gibson is still much better. You don't matter. Like, what are we doing here? Why, are people really worried that Antonio Gibson won't see the field as a running back? What? What is this? What is this? Right, last year, it's the opposite of what we were dealing with last year. Last year, we were told he's got a broken shin and he's not going to see the field. 20 touches a game later, all he is is an RB1 back end. Now he's healthy. He's good to go. He's 24 years old, coming off nothing but RB1 seasons throughout his career with good metrics. And now we're saying he's not going to see the field at all. Like, what? what yeah, are this, this definitely makes... Like I was thinking about this on the on the right over here on the ride over here, <laughs> there are there are like every year there's like three or four things that happen where at the end of the year you're like, I should have known that that was that was <laughs> most like you know what I, no it's like no no but for like for example you should have known that was just bullshit no like <laughs> like that's Cooper what you're Cup, Cooper, no, Cooper Cup being like a uh, top five wide receiver last year. Uh, I Should tried to been, tell you, yeah. No, I was on that. I was with you. You you can back me up on that. I was with that. I had Cooper Cup on several teams last year, including my Scott Fish team. So I was definitely on that. Uh, but then like, and then you look at like Jonathan Taylor as well. Like Jonathan Taylor, we should have known like there was going to be massive RB one upside, like he was the guy to to select. Even two years ago, when he was in the third round, it was like that was. So back the guy. to Antonio Gibson, right? So going back to Antonio Gibson, I feel like Gibson is going to be one of those guys that's going to finish top twelve. And we will look back and we're like, why didn't like? Of course that was going to happen. Why did we talk ourselves off that ledge? I think that that is one of the storylines uh, for one of the players this year. <laughs> that we're going to look back and definitely say that. Johnny, are you not concerned at all, though, that Brian Robinson just picks up the goal oh, line work? A lot of, yes, there's a shit. Of, maintains the 
passing yes. down. And that means that Antonio Gibson is one of those dearly cherished running backs who doesn't catch passes and doesn't get goal line work. But here's what I do know. And what does give me confidence. Let's say yeah. we do go back to the original message of, Hey, I want Robinson and Gibson Thunder, to be lightning. the, the Thunder lightning, the, the Williams and um, I'm blanking on the other uh, Stewart. Um, John, uh, Jonathan, Stewart. Jonathan Stewart. Yeah. And it was like, well, guess what? Both those guys were top 12 running backs that year or top 15 running backs that year. So, and, and guess what? Like the position that Gibson would play would be the one that was the, uh, that you would want. It was the higher, uh, well, I totally hear you, but in this metaphor, it's not just thunder and lightning, it's thunder, lightning and rain. And that's JD McKissick who comes in as another element. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I'm not solely con like JD McKissick is not going to take over the complete like it, that's not going to happen. Also, look at last year. We we always like it's Carson Wentz going over there. Carson Wentz will be able to move the ball a lot more, so they'll be in scoring position a lot more. But guess what? They're going to run just like they did in uh, in Indianapolis more when they get in the red area. And so I still think that Gibson, when we look back and we're going to be like, oh, Gibson again, over 10 rushing touchdowns because that's what he always does. And then it's going to be like, well, we should have known that. Staying with this kind of the, the dead zone one here, I want to flesh this subject out a little bit. Travi, you went ahead and just avoided this. You got Amon Ross St. Brown there in round five and Lamar Jackson round six. You know, you kind of took the end of, or you, you got Cam Akers in there. And then in this next round, like A.J. Dillon, Antonio Gibson, Kareem Hunt, J.K. Dobbins, and then maybe a little bit into that other round, Montgomery, Jacobs, maybe Akers. Maybe Brees Hall. I mean, I think Brees Hall and Travis Etienne are kind of in a little bit different one, but maybe not. I, I guess I kind of want to just fully flesh out this dead zone as we're moving through it. Yeah, right there's now. guys here that I'm just I'm just inclined to not touch at this point um, and, and fade for different situations. So for me, Jacobs Mitchell, not an option in that area. I've been kind of fading Brees Hall as of late for just taking Michael Carter at a cheaper value later. You know, just investing in the overall offense and like the offensive line play and going with the guy who we've actually seen as the pass catcher in the offense. So uh, I take Cam Akers. I know it's not a it's you know, it's a polarizing player because he could be dust now. But I just think the offense is one to invest in. You know, I think the Rams are one to, to, to trust in. And everybody wants to be like, well, he said he won't, you know, McVay wants two back. So, well, I don't know if Daryl Henderson's health will let him do that. I don't know if Daryl Henderson's play style will let him do that. And I think that he's always wanted to have one back now. Charles Robinson quoted him last week. He's a insider over at Yahoo. He was saying that, you know, what happened with Akers and what happened with some of the backs last year, actually, or actually with Gurley, what happened with Gurley scared McVay and uh, genuinely, and maybe he does want to actually kind of use a little bit more of a, a committee. I'm oh, still really, gonna... just the Todd Gurley's degenerative knees based on more volume in Sean McVay. Kind of spooked him. System. Spooked him. So, yeah, okay. Spooked him a little bit. And so maybe that maybe there is. That. There, there is some committee value. I think the problem is, is that, you know, we've already seen Kyron Williams, this smaller back, you know, kind of get hurt, dinged up. We've got Henderson always hurt kind of situation, soft tissue. I love Henderson as a late round dart throw, but I think Akers, you know, playing for double digit upside or touchdown upside with Akers is, is a smart thing, especially as an RB2. Um, so in that area, I'd be willing to kind of take him. And then it's like guys like A.J. Dillon and Pollard are sneaking their way up, as we saw in this draft, fifth round, sixth round. Um, and I just think that there are worlds where 
the guys ahead of them make it to where their their ceilings capped. I think they'll still have some good value, but their ceiling could be a little bit more capped than some of the other guys. So that's kind of why they're in that range there. Dobbins is a hard one to project right now because maybe he's rushing himself back. It was a pretty gruesome injury, but Gus is the the length of time Gus may be away actually makes Dobbins a, a start of the year guy. You know, maybe he's a guy that's going to get a lot of volume to start the year because of where Gus is at. So um, there's just I'm, question marks. You know, a ton of question marks with these guys in this range, and that's kind of what the dead zone um, is kind of creating as itself uh, this this year. Let me ask you guys: Do you have any more confidence? With the, the the tweet message that we got today saying that the Raiders could let go of Kenyon Drake. They could cut him. So that's got to give you confidence that they're going to keep Josh Jacobs because they're not going to they're not going to cut Drake and then trade Jacobs away and only leave themselves a mere it, white. It makes me confident that they have seven running backs now instead of eight. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, there's there's a lot of action going on there. I mean, Amir Adula, welcome back to the NFL, I guess. Zamir oh, yeah. White being more involved. Josh Jacobs there. It seems like they're really getting this. There's what's we don't have a, yet a name for the the teams that go in roster like a literal barracks full of running backs, but we we have these squads right, like the Patriots, the Dolphins, the 49ers. Um, the, the the guys we just mentioned, like they end up having the, the Raiders, they end up having like five halfbacks on the team now. It's not like two or three. It's like four or five. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, you're familiar with the Patriots. I mean, that's your squad. How do you feel yeah. that this new style Patriots of the West, we'll call them, uh, in Vegas is, is going to work out? I mean, not even just the backs. So many weapons, right, that they have in the passing game, too, to be able to take away from maybe some of the upside for Josh Jacobs or anybody else there. I'm fading the Raiders so hard this year. Uh, what? Whoa! I for you. There's there is there evidence that Josh McDaniels is good at anything. You want a playoff game with Tebow? Okay, it's a good point actually. There hasn't been evidence that Josh McDaniels. A long time is an offensive mastermind. That is a fair point. That is a fair point. He made Johnu Smith the most irrelevant tight end in football while with the Patriots. When Johnu Smith was analytically one of the best red zone tight ends with the Titans, truth. He said he said that we're going to we're going to do two tight end sets for the Raiders this year, right? We're going to do two tight end sets with Darren Waller and Foster Moreau. Foster. After he just made Jonu Smith irrelevant, I don't trust this guy. He brought in Brandon Bolden. He wants. He did. Belichick so bad. Uh, um, I'm fading. <laughs> the, I'm fading the Raiders very hard. They're in a tough division. They have the worst quarterback in the division. Yeah. Whoa. You're I mean, easily, about, easily, oh, easily. Derek easily. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in that division, oh, and that's wow. not a hard call. Wow. And they could have the worst head coach in the division. Ooh. Derek Carr. Wow, I love this. Derek framing. Carr was top five last year in uh, passing yards, in passing yards and air yards. Andy Dalton was a top five quarterback in fantasy one year. I'm shaking in my boots. 
<laughs> Dude, you don't you you don't believe in what Devonte Adams saying? He no, he's not saying Devonte. Derek Carr's fine, but are you going to put Derek Carr above Russell Wilson, above Justin Herbert, or above Patrick Mahomes? Of course not. Like, well, no. Maybe if That's I'm a good point. You know, maybe if I'm doing a little drinking. <laughs> you know, there you go. There you go. I'm on the tip oh, of water yeah. diet today. Though. <laughs> oh no, no! I just selected the wrong player. Ah. Uh. All right. Well, maybe I. You've maybe been doing a little bit of drinking, or what? I wish. <laughs> no, I. I well, the time was ticking down, and so I clicked and over you to ran out of it. Damn it, dude! I was gonna take. I was gonna take Lazard. I'm coming around on Lazard, dude. I did Alan Lazard, man. The final five weeks of the season I, so last I, year with Fonte so, hey, Adams, number yes. six overall wide receiver. So Austin, uh, you know, remember when I was talking about like, oh, there are players that I think we're going to look back and be like, oh, that was so obvious. I think Lazard is another one where it's like, it's so obvious that we should be all aboard the Lazard as the, because look, Devonte Adams was going in the first round last year before that. He's always had like some wide receiver and it's not like Alan Lazard hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns. I know you you broke down this. You did a great job because you obviously convinced me um, on our last show. But I just think that at the end of the day, Lazard, or at the end of the season, Lazard will be another one of those players that we look back and we're like, oh, damn, right there in the seventh, eighth round, we could have had you know uh, a wide receiver that's probably going to go in the top three rounds next year. Well, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't you know, that's That's actually an interesting point before we get – further away from this, Johnny, you had started to mention it in, the, in our previous conversation here, but guys that could just, our evaluation on them could just change like in a moment's notice. If we just saw one thing be different, Travi, you talked about cam acres. Like for me, if we see one fucking play out of cam acres, do something good that everything is different. Then it's like, you got the lead back on a great offense for a head coach who knows how to produce fantasy scoring running backs. Like even if he goes and has a more diversified touch load, you know, like it's, it's still a good thing. If I see Cam Akers get some work, then that's like, that's it. If I see Alan Lazard actually, you know, get eight targets, eight catches and does something good. It's like, that's enough. A couple of these things that are just kind of like one play away from it changing. Um, Another one, Chase Edmonds. I feel like we're sleeping a little bit on Chase Edmonds, and I'm super guilty Boy, of that. Too. But Chase Edmonds, he's got some real pop in the way he can play the game. He right now is leading the backfield for what is a true mystery box offense, but it's got a lot of sex appeal for it over there in Miami. Like, there's a lot of good things that could happen. And if those good things, even like if 70% of them come through chase Edmonds, I mean, what round did you get him in here? Travi? the seventh round. Yeah. Seventh. He's, he's consistently been one of the more cheaper guys you can draft uh, that projects to at least get a crack at being the starter. What that workload will look like. We're not sure. And there are concerns, but that's why it's baked into that seventh round price. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Who's wrong here saying? Are we pulling at straws? Lazard? No, he's talking to Scott. I think they're bickering back and forth in the chat. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Just uh, Tony Raymer here. He comes in just as much as a chance. No one in Green Bay goes over 800 yards also, in my opinion. That offense is going to go through the uh, running backs. I mean, that's something that's definitely my concern with Lazard um, and some yeah. of the other guys is that the, the backs will be the focal point. But to Austin's point, you know, and to my point about Cam Akers, 
there's definite touchdown upside for a, a, a Rodgers wide receiver. I mean, we saw James Jones off the street do it. Um, you know, Robert Tunyon a couple years ago do it. I think there's a possibility that, you know, Lazard could be the dirty work guy in the red zone and get the touchdown. Monte Adams has more seasons of 10-plus touchdowns than he does 1,000 yards by quite a bit. Devontae Adams has three seasons of getting a thousand yards or more, but like five seasons of 10 touchdowns or more. So to Travi, your point there, he Aaron Rodgers does look to have touchdown favorites and he's a guy who can force his hand. And maybe that ends up being Tunyon. Maybe that ends up being Lazard. Maybe it ends up being Sammy Watkins. Especially especially with the, the conversation that's gone over the last week about him calling out the rookie wide receivers or the young wide receivers. Like you don't, there are only, a, a, there's Cobb, Lazard, and I don't even know if we can even throw Sammy in there as a vet because he hasn't been there so long. But basically, like, that's the end of the list for the people that weren't being called out by Aaron Rodgers. So it's like, yeah, that's why I just think at the end of the day, that's what we're going to look back and say about um, Lazard and where he is. I think it's totally worth the draft risk and capital uh, to, to take Lazard. Oh, Tony coming here. Welcome to the show, Tony. Rogers isn't that Rogers anymore. This is the back-to-back MVP. I don't, I don't know. Oh yeah. Right put some, put some respect on his name, Tony. Uh-huh. who are you feeling? We talked about the rookie wide receivers, rookie running backs. They become more viable in their year one seasons as of late, but there's obviously still risk. We haven't gotten to see how they perform. We don't know how they're going to fit in with their team. We've never seen them take an NFL snap yet. With that said, we have a lot of examples over the last five, six, seven years. I think going back to like 2014 there with Odell Beckham and Mike Evans just a little bit before when I saw it really the tide start to turn. Who are you excited about at the rookie position? Wide receivers, uh, first, and then and then we can touch on running backs. Who, What rookie wide receivers are you most excited about this year? I'm glad you asked. My brand seemingly has been rookie wide receivers. Um, each year, there seems to be somebody that just outdoes their ADP by a lot. You know, the DK Metcalf year, I, I was all over why did DK Metcalf fall to the second round of the draft. Um, I was on that with A.J. Brown as well, but I was a little more worried with him going to the Titans. But with DK Metcalf, I was all over that. This year, uh, Chris Olave has a real chance to be the number one rookie wide receiver, is given the opportunity. Like you said, a lot of risk going in, um, you know, your first NFL season in general for anybody, even even first-round guys. There are a lot of good ones. Jameson Williams isn't playing at the beginning. I think he's the most talented receiver of the class. Drake London is in a Falcons offense. Who knows what exactly that will look like. Mm -hmm. Patterson might still be you know, the, the the scrimmage yard king, even with Kyle Pitts there. Who knows? Um, but with Chris Olave, he's really good. He's with a quarterback that will throw the ball whether or not he knows where it's going. And Michael Thomas is banged up. Uh, Jarvis Landry, who knows whether he's still got it or not. A lot of question marks there. You take Chris Olave, it's good value. He's going over a lot of veterans who shouldn't be going ahead of him. Um. I am. I kind of. Decent. You make a pick. I've got a feeling the Chris Olave pop on this one too. Travi, I know you picked him up in Dynasty. How do you feel about Olave in redrafts? Uh, I'm going to be feeling a lot better if the Michael Thomas hamstring lingers. I'll tell you that much. Um, it's it's something where I drafted Olave in my rookie draft. Thomas has kind of made this full comeback. We thought 
and it was like, okay. And then they get Jarvis Landry and it's like, okay, there's some target competition now for real. Um, but what I do know about Olave versus those other guys, at least what I, I would like to project, I, I guess I don't know for sure, is that he'll likely be the deep ball threat. So he should be the big play guy because that's not going to be Landry. It's probably not going to be Michael Thomas. It could be, but based on what we've seen in Thomas's career, I don't think so. And so that's kind of where I'm at with Olave. I think he can be the big play guy. And if we get Michael Thomas or Landry to miss time, uh, Jameis could really, really, you know, kind of pick up a thing here for Olave. I'm, I'm for it. He had a really nice touchdown against the Packers, our, our Packers in the preseason game that I was like liking to see other than it was against the Packers. Um, so there's definitely some stuff there to be excited about. Um, I like that pickup there too. And Tony's bringing in a good point. Let me see Olave got sniped hard before I took Kirk. Kirk yeah, had a good day. that's right. Your boy got him. Talk to me a little bit. Talk to me a little on Kirk, Johnny. We've been excited about him. We haven't seen it. I think in this last game, we got a little bit of a reason to maybe, uh, maybe, maybe the Christian Kirk truthers are poking their head out of the bushes a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, you got a mouse in your pocket. Are you saying we over here? You've turned French. There was no, we, I was always off Christian Kirk. That's, off no. of him? Well, I'm glad that you're yeah. coming around. Did you watch my take on the mock draft marathon when I gassed up Christian Kirk like a month ago? We? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I'm saying I, di- I didn't. I'm not on his bandwagon. Oh, well, then welcome. What's going on? I'm not on his bandwagon. I still think he's going to be not good. Oh, I missed. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I saw Olave and then Kirk. You took him. You're flexing, taking yeah. Olave instead of Kirk. Okay, I got it. So you're not yeah. feeling Christian Kirk. He had a good no. week. It looks like him and Trevor Lawrence building up some rapport. You're not buying it. No, you buy like build up all. You the like the, what's your, you, you had a weird there. take. You That's like a, who, did you, who did you like? It wasn't Zay, like Jones. Zay, Jones. It wasn't even Zay Jones. Zay Jones, I think, will have uh, a better season. I think people are going to okay. be rushing to the waiver wire to get Zay Jones coming out. I think. Lot? Do I? Th- it's not like I'm saying that uh, that I think that Christian Kirk is going to be absolutely not usable. I think he'll you have think Zay games. Jones is the dude. Huh? You think I, Zay Jones I, is going to be the guy coming out of the slot, get more volume, have a bigger impact no, overall? He's not coming out of the slot. He'll be on the outside. He'll be the alpha. He'll be the X wide receiver. Zay Jones, that, he was running the deep routes and stuff. You think Zay year. Jones will be able to outdo his cornerbacks? Yeah, Zay Jones was pretty good last year. I mean, like, I mean, relatively, I'm not saying he's like a breakout guy or like all of a sudden he's going to be a thousand yard receiver. I just don't think that I'm, and I'm not going to trust Jacksonville who is most likely going to like, there's so many conundrums there and I'm not going to trust in Christian Kirk who could barely get it done on the Cardinals offense. Like he wasn't a, a surefire starter, even on the Cardinals offense. And now I'm supposed to buy in on Jacksonville just because he got paid a bunch. Like I'll he sit come, He came that. off a career year last year. Over 900 yards. And he had AJ green and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Ahead of him. And Where are you at a Han? On, on any of the pass catchers in Jacksonville. Are we targeting these or are we fading off? Jaguars piss me off, man, because <laughs> I, 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 have, I have been a LaVisca supporter since Ooh, day yeah. one. Uh, I was pushing agendas before they went crazy and got Evan Engram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. Now there are too many mouths to feed, and now I can't take this LaVisca agenda seriously anymore. I like Marvin Jones. He was a pretty solid player last year. I think people aren't talking enough about how good Marvin Jones was last year. There's just so many mouths to feed. It does help the offense in general. I think Trevor Lawrence takes a year or two leap, which is why I'm getting a lot of Travis Etienne because he's going to get a lot of red zone opportunities. They're going to feed him the ball. And Trevor Lawrence, 
as bad as he was last year. He was checking down a lot. The check down rate will go down, obviously, but also so the red zone opportunities, all that balances out. I get Travis Etienne, who has more upside than his ADP suggests. Yeah. So I'm getting some Travis Etienne. But for the most part, I'm staying away from definitely Christian Kirk. I have probably 0% exposure on Christian Kirk. He's just not he's not that guy. Like We look at contracts, and then we say that, oh, because he got paid money. I mean, what happened to Kenny Galladay? Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, just because teams <laughs> are stupid and pay yeah. players what they're not worth doesn't mean they're going to outdo their ADP. It's not how Thank it works. You. you don't have to be good at football. I don't give a. I don't care at all about how, they, about how much money they got paid. I do think it suggests a point on who will get the first start at the opportunity. But payment aside, take it away. Just look at talent. There's not a lot of talent on the pass catching side for Jacksonville. We got Christian Kirk. We got Zay Jones. We got Marvin Jones. There's not a ton of talent over there. Visca. And don't don't forget about this. Visca's got it, talent. They just don't they put him might, on the field. They might forget about Visca. Like they might cut him. Uh, <laughs> like he might be gone. Here, here's, would, the th- here's the thing. Uh, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you all some light trivia, and then I'll probably just tell you the answer. So, <laughs> there, there were, I like that. There, there were four NFL wide receivers last year with at least a twenty percent red zone target share and at least four yards after catch per target. So these are basically players that get get red zone importance and can create after the catch. One of them was Cooper Cup, the other was Jamar Chase, and there were two others. Can you name the others? Can you name can you, what was it the what was the qualifier? Visca. So so four yards after catch per target and at least a twenty percent red zone target share. Cooper Cup, Chase, I heard LaVisca, that's one of them. Cortland Sutton, another one? No. I, I, I don't know. I'll give it a few seconds if anybody in the chat knows. Um I'm trying to think of underneath. Hmm. I can't think was, of the other one. It was Go it was it. Chris Godwin. So Chris okay. Godwin. Okay, okay. Godwin. And all of them finished top fifteen. And then my boy LaVisca Chanot. I was pushing these agendas before yeah. they signed all these guys. <laughs> the man is actually decent at football, guys. I thought he was one of the better prospects to come out in a long time, and then they just I mean, hasn't been the case so far. So I hope I think what he probably needs now is a fresh start. Like get him on a new squad somewhere with some target availability, but I don't know if it's going to happen in Jacksonville. Yeah, we're going to have to freshen that whole thing up. But we freshened this mock draft up. We got this one all wrapped. Last pick, in, last pick taken TDP from Dirty Jersey 25. What up, Jersey J? So now what we're going to do is as we do it, we'll have each member here, Johnny, Travis, myself, and Ahan, break down our squads. Whisper Nation, you let us know how we did. And then the rest of the panel will grade the other person's team. We'll also have Ahan take a look at the rest of the board and pick out a team that deserves a roast and or a toast, a team that stood out to him for either side. We'll give him a little bit of room to comment on, uh, but we will ask him to select a winner. And if there's any other team that stood out either particularly strong or particularly not strong, he's got the room to talk about that but we'll go ahead and have Travi start us off. He selected last, so we'll have him speak first. He goes ahead in the one nine position, takes Cooper Cup. Want to break it down for us, big Travi? Yeah, so Cooper Cup uh was admittedly an auto draft. I was trying to figure out uh <laughs> if I had the uh the sound on on my screen. I did not, but I did draft Cooper Cup, which is fine. I think it's good value to get Cooper Cup at one nine. And maybe what we're seeing is a little bit of spook, a little spooky ghost from uh 
the elbow of Matt Stafford. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, AJ Brown was my second wide receiver in the third. Then Amon Ross St. Brown in the fifth. Kadarius Tony in the eighth. And George Pickens in the ninth. Uh, that rounded up my wide receiving core. Remember, in this roster, we're only starting two, so I feel good about the depth I was able to accrue there with the wide receivers. At running back went Saquon Barkley in the second. If you guys listened last week, you know Saquon Barkley's my dude this year, especially inside the top 100 at running back. Then Cam Akers in the fourth, Chase Edmonds in the seventh, and then some uh, dart throws in Jamal Williams and Isaiah Spiller in the 11th and 12th. Uh, got to wait till the sixth round to get Lamar Jackson. I think it's great value for Lamar. Uh, where we're getting him this year based off coming off the injury last year. Plus, in the, on the preseason, man, against those Cardinals, man, he had the fro out. He had the glasses on, big old yeah. chain. He just looks like that dude right now. So I was excited to get Lamar Jackson here. Uh, we had Dawson Knox in the 10th. Shout out to Dawson Knox. And our hearts go out for the loss of his little brother there. He's returning to the team uh, yeah. tomorrow. So hopefully uh, Knox will be fired up and playing this season for his brother. And then we've got Irv Smith, uh, just kind of a dart throw for like an athletic uh, specimen here and hopefully he can absorb some of the targets although i do if i had to make a bet i think kj osborne is going to be the number three in that offense um yeah i, I like this team i think i just kind of picked value as it came um i don't particularly think like i'm over the moon about any position but i think it's solid and i think i got some upside swings late in tony pickens and and spiller and smith so yeah the upside plays at the top of your draft too johnny how do you evaluate travis's team well I think because he got, you know, his boy, Saquon Barkley, that's, you know, his guy, um, you know, in the second round. I think that uh, he did a good job. I think this is a playoff team. I think it's a playoff team. I think he stacked enough talent um, at the at the position. He got some good dart throws. And, and I think that this will be a, a playoff team. What about you, Ahan? We do, we do championship contender in the playoffs, on the bubble, or outside looking in. How do you rank Travi's squad? I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I love I love you, Travi. This this, this oh, was do this, it. Do it to this, him. this this was my worst draft of the, the this this was my pick for worst draft. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, oh, no no. Here, huh? you hate it. Roast him. Roast him. It. They're, they're oh, just like you, you can't go. take five guys that I'm on heavy fade mode this year, and I don't give the award to you. I just, I just can't. Oh so. yes, I'm, I'm very, I'm very. I already. No, feel it's bad. all good. No, don't feel it's bad. Good. Dude. Fired Let up. Go. We're here to get better. I, I can't handle Cam Akers in the fourth round. I can't do it. Um, I, I love Lamar. Um, so I, I like that pick. Amon Ra is being overdrafted this year. Uh, made a very short thread about him. Um, you know. People were saying, like, he's going to play the Cooper Cup role. Not true. Um, Cooper Cup, when, you know, when he made that leap into becoming prominent, he still didn't finish as high as people are drafting him. Um, you know, he does. He had a higher ceiling, and people are drafting him around that range that Amon Ra is right now. It's a good offense. There are a lot of mouths to feed. It can't handle Amon Ra that high. Uh, George Pickens, I, I drafted Claypool because I'm not buying into the George Pickens hype as much as other people are. I wanted George Pickens on the Patriots. He's a very good player, but there's too much going on in Pittsburgh. I, I can't take George Pickens there. Uh, Irv Smith, I'm just not on the Irv Smith train at all. It's wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver for me there. I think KJ Osborne is going to be a big part of the offense. Kevin O'Connell goes there, three wide receiver sets, run it up. Irv Smith hasn't proven enough to me. Uh, and then Chase Edmonds, you guys were talking about Chase Edmonds in Miami and you liking Chase Edmonds. 
I'm not getting any Chase Edmonds because I simply wait for the guy who's actually had 200-plus carries multiple seasons, and I wait for Sony Michelle. Chase Edmonds. Oh. Chase Edmonds has only had a few games in his career where he gets most of the snap share. Getting most of the snap share in the NFL, the running back position, that's so important because we don't know if Mike McDaniel is just going to throw out Chase Edmonds there for 80% of the snaps, 90% of the snaps. We don't know that. He hasn't proven that he can do that for even half a season, let alone a full season. Sony Michelle can be a workhorse there. If they split the if they split the carries, Edmonds and uh, Michelle, not even considering Raheem Mostert, uh, possibilities with Raheem Mostert, I'm waiting for the value on Sony Michelle there. So for all those reasons, Trav, I'm, I'm sorry. I love this one. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for coming great, on, dude. and we'll see you next time. <laughs> no. I, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, it's yeah. actually uh, you had valid points to everything you said there. Yeah. Um, I think that Edmonds is a risk, but I think that the upside based on the contract, his patch catch, pass catching prowess, and the offense in as a whole. Now, I, I will I will agree with you that I think Sony Michelle is probably a good value later as well. Um, but I, I, I'm really in on the – he's an explosive back. Um, they paid him, I think, about the 12th most in total cash among running backs. And I know you said you don't care about contracts, but that that he, they ran out to get Chase Edmonds. You know, it's one of the first signings they went to do. Um, and I know all the noise has been later since then, but they've they've stacked what we – you know, Rich Rebar, Austin, we've been talking about as a Madden, Madden roster. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want the guy who's going to, you know – score big plays in an offense you know san francisco has been very top in, in plays over 20 plus yards so just a little bit of pushback on Edmonds, but i i think the rest of them I, there is concern about amon ross st brown's target competition this year versus when he went off last year and acres you know I'll, I'll be the first to admit that i think you look at i do look at my team and you'd be like week three and barkley's hurt and acres hurt and i'm like okay what, what the hell am i doing here but i think you know you're, you're taking Edmonds there in the seventh makes me think of my postseason fantasy football journal entry like six seven eight years ago when i wrote taking the lead back in a committee in rounds two through four is a heavy risk but taking the lead back in a committee in rounds five through seven is probably worth it if i'm drafting a miami running back in round seven i'm just hoping i get the guy if it ends up being sony michelle shit i grabbed the wrong dude but i think travi you taking a stab at who the lead dog is in that spot isn't a bad pick. You are swinging for it. And both of your points, I think, stand here. Travi, for my evaluation, you're on the bubble and it kind of incorporates a lot of things that are said. I see the upside in all of these picks. Saquon, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, if this dude gets 100 catches, which he could do, that's going to be really nice. He also might get like eight less than 80 because the other competition, then it's not so good. So I see it on both sides there. Acres, if he's leading a high-powered offense, great. If he's not, ugh. so it's an on-the-bubble team for me. I love that you swung for the ceiling. I think that's what you should do. Um, ride that roller coaster as it comes, Travi. You could be winning it all. You could be uh, competing in the contention bowl or the whatever they call it. All right, moving on here. The next one, Ahan, you drafted out of the five spot. Break it down for us. Yes, I'm pretty happy with uh, starting off, just, just just the start of Austin Eckler uh, and, and and Mike Evans and uh, Travis Etienne, DK Metcalf. No snipes until then, which is I, I'm very fine with. I, I, I think those first four picks, there's really not much to explain. Eckler, I feel like, is arguably the safest floor among the first-round running backs. Whoa. I give you that. Arguably can, the safest floor. Um, Mike Evans... 
clear number one guy there. Like I, I've been an anti Mike Evans as a football player guy for a long time. Not to say that he's not great at what he does, but I've just been like as a football fan, anti Mike Evans, but even I can't not take Mike Evans who has a chance to be a top five wide receiver this year. Mm-hmm. You, you got to take him there. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis Etienne, we just talked about him. Uh, DK Metcalf. If anybody follows me on Twitter, you know what I feel about this guy. Just look at my Twitter banner. This guy, I, I love DK was one of my favorites, dude. I love him. I love it. This guy is this guy's an alpha. He's proven it each year that he can get better. He's gotten better route running. He's gotten better basically everything. The Seahawks just don't utilize him well enough, which is why the cost is where it is. And with the quarterback downgrade still, Drew Locke's going to be the starter there. And Drew mm-hmm. Locke is slightly better than people think. And he may not always know where the ball is going, but he was fourth in the NFL in air yards just a couple of years ago when he was starting regularly. More than Patrick Mahomes, more than Lamar Jackson, more than Justin Herbert, etc. So he will air it out. And he, if you know, if, if you watch him, listen to him on the sidelines, he exudes confidence and he has no problem saying after a game, I aired it out because I felt like he was open. And you can do that with DK Metcalf. Russell Wilson did that a lot, just throwing it up to DK Metcalf. DK mm-hmm. Metcalf will be fine in this offense. He's going a little too low. Uh, mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson putting my money where my mouth is just Antonio Gibson should not be going that low. Uh, and then I just kind of stocked up on wide receivers that, you know, I pushed agendas for Juju in a way, maybe a little more refined than people think. I think people just like to hate on Juju for obvious reasons, but it's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be the number one wide receiver there. Devonte Smith. I just had a thread on Twitter, uh, about Devonte Smith, of, uh, you know, a few days ago. Devontae Smith is going to be that number two wide receiver that's going to be a lot closer to the number one there than people think. AJ Brown's still the alpha, but Devontae Smith's going to be closer than people think. Zach Ertz, one of the steals at tight end this year, don't understand the ADP. And then, like I said, I believe in Chase Claypool. And then finally, you wait till the 10th round and you get Tom Brady. How, how beautiful is that? Stacked him up with Mike Evans. And then Marlon Mack is just a statement that I don't think Damien Pierce is that guy. That's basically all it is. Damien Pierce is not good. I don't care about the preseason. I oh, dude. Not good. Dude. Damien Pierce is uh-huh, coming in here throwing some shade. Based on what? Just college production? Like- I'm coming from an analytics mind. I spent all summer building the breakout finder for player profiler, and the breakout mm-hmm. finder thinks that there's a very low chance that Damien Pierce is that guy in the NFL. If you want to read wow. about it, it's on my Twitter. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I like yes. Damien Pierce. So this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Damien Pierce, he, he, he's never commanded targets. He's never been a workhorse. And, of course, some of that is situation-wise. But given his entire profile, all the metrics with the touchdown share, with the yards per carry, given all the 12 metrics that we use to predict breakouts in the NFL, Damien Pierce would be a generational outlier if he is a Whoa. dog in the NFL. Like can you speak to any like, oh, the major specific? Those are strong dog, words. Can you, can you speak to any of the specific metrics you're referencing in this yeah, of what so, makes it so, such an outlier? So to predict running back breakouts, so it turns out what's most important, obviously draft capital is the number one. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you, you'll go higher in the draft if your metrics are better, duh. Uh, best season touchdown share is the number one metric that predicts Running back breakouts, we t- took data from the last 15 years of running back data from college metrics, and you predict how much uh, of that goes into a breakout season in the NFL, which we define as 
1,000-yard season or 200-plus fantasy points. Receiver rating, this dude has never been uh, utilized as a receiver. There's no evidence that he has any receiving ability at the NFL level. Uh, level of competition, um, he did not rank high. He did not stand out as somebody who was going up against a lot of competition. Uh, breakout age, ranks mediocre in that area. Weight, mediocre. 40 time, mediocre. Best season, yards per carry, below average. These are the top metrics. And in all of these, he was not an alpha in any of these metrics. Uh, so, if Pierce tearing down our dog, dude. He would need just like opportunity. He's just going to be like, he's going to be a jag is basically what you're right. looking at. Unless, and you don't unless, think he's going to get the opportunity because of Marlon Mack. Right. And, and people say in the comments, Chris Carson, who was a seventh round pick and a dog went healthy. Chris Carson put his life on the line every day in a system mm. that let him put his life on the line. That's an exception right there. And Damian Pierce would be an even bigger exception because his college metrics are way more unimpressive than Chris Carson's. Oh. Oh. Interesting take. Okay, so you got Marlon Mack there. Appreciate you breaking that down. Like, yeah, legitimately. It's going to be a fun thing yeah. to keep an eye on moving forward. Good take. Well-documented. You did the work. You speak on that. Okay, right. so then Marlon Mack, and then and then you round it out here with Myers and Derek Carr, your boy. So Derek Carr was an auto pick, but I actually, yeah. I'm actually fine with Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr. I I I pushed the Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers for fantasy football this year um, agenda a lot on Twitter. I, I I think he's a good pick. That doesn't mean I don't think the Raiders might win five games, but for fantasy football, I'm fine with Derek Carr. All right, there you got it, Travi. How are you? Seeing your best friend, Ahan, over here. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, I don't like you very much right now, Ahan. No, I'm just uh, I think your team's actually pretty good. I wanted to come in and, and throw some venom at you, but I like it. Um, I'm not as, as strongly, like, planted on Devonta Smith as you are, hence I took A.J. Brown. I also think Goddard's somebody that is probably going to be slept on a little bit more in the Eagles' passing attack. Um, but there is a world where this passing attack actually takes a step forward and they throw a ton that we saw them want to do that at the start of the year. So I think you have outs with Smith. I think Juju Smith Schuster is a really nice pick just based on all the, the noise coming out um, of the chiefs camp. You, you think that Smith Schuster is a good one. Ertz solid. If you're going to take a mid round tight end, the volume should be there, especially for the first six games. Brady, I think is a guy that should be faded a little bit more, but where he's got, you got him in the 10th. So I think that was good value. You know what I mean? Like, so as long as he just comes back to play football, um, I'm not buying into that. This he's about to, you know, retire or anything like that. I think that's a little bit wild, but um, I can't agree with you. with Marlon Mack. I think Damian Pierce is, is a dude compared to the other dudes on that roster. And I think the Texans agree with that. And I think Lovey Smith's track record shows that, he, if they like him, he'll get the opportunity. And the biggest thing, you know, for an old school coach like Lovey Smith, um, we've seen some good pass blocking out of Damian Pierce within, you know, the offseason and, and the preseason. So I'm in on Damian Pierce getting all the shots in the world. Um, and, I, I, you know, Marlon Mack being, you know, speaking of Jag and Dusty, that's kind of where I feel with that. But I do think this team's a playoff team. I think you have it at every level. Um, I, don't, I don't see any real weaknesses in this. It's deep. It's got some good uh, bang for the buck. Eckler's obviously good upside. Um, I don't know if I agree with you with Gibson, but he's your third running back. You're only starting two, so you know you can you can I could be fine with that. Travis got him in the playoffs, Johnny. Lack of malicious intent on the room. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> what about you, Johnny? What's your ranking for a Hans team? Yeah, I got him in the playoffs. I think he's. I think he has a really good team, like Travis said, breaking it down. 
Uh, I think it's deep, well-balanced, and I think he took the right swings when he needed to for, like, Hurts and, you know, Tom Brady and Carr. So, yeah, I think this is a good playoff team. Well, cool. Give that mic, give that microphone cord a little wiggle, Johnny. It's coming in a little bit light. I am in agreement. If you think Eckler and ETN, you need them to produce at at least RB2, high RB2 levels. But if you get that, which there's not a lot of logic suggesting you won't, this team is going to do really well. I love the Evans and Metcalf stack. I think you could have two top five wide receivers this year, and I don't think that's that crazy of a statement. God, mm-hmm. or excuse me, Juju Smith-Schuster, where you picked him up, like Juju Smith-Schuster, for me, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore are kind of like right in this camp, and I like I like the, the Juju Smith-Schuster pickup there. As you said, Ertz is a great sleeping tight end where you got him to. Yeah, I think this team is in the playoffs. I think it's it's pretty solid in that position there. Moving over now to Johnny. Give us a breakdown here. All right, I took uh, Jamar Chase at the 104. I haven't taken very much Jamar Chase, so I wanted to kind of switch it up a little bit. Uh, then took Javante Williams in second, T. Higgins in the third, so stacked up the Bengals receivers. Cortland Sutton in the fourth, Dalton Schultz in the fifth. Then I grabbed Joe Burrow to get that uh, stack there. Then took Penny in the seventh, Chris Olave in the eighth, Melvin Gordon. Uh, then I got White, uh, and then Mike Jacecki in the eleventh, Williams, uh, Jameson Williams for Detroit in the twelfth, and then Zamir White in the thirteenth. That's my team. I can read. <laughs> How do you feel well, about it, Johnny? Well, the listeners, the listeners need to know what my team was. Uh, I, I, I like this team. I think it was a little bit different build for me, um, but I wanted to try to do something different uh, and get a little bit different players um, while still like kind of going upside. So the hardest pick for me, honestly, was like taking Joe Burrow over Kyler Murray or Hertz. Yeah. But, yeah, I, why but did I was you like, do that? because I wanted the stack. It was like a purposeful because I wanted the stack. So he's having fun. Yeah, I mean, it could be fun on those weeks where they explode for like 450 yards and four tutties. Like terrible on the weeks when they give the ball. I'm not losing that week. Twenty-five times. I'm not losing losing that week. So that's my team. I do. I think it's good. I think it's a a solid team. I don't think it's like. I don't think it's gonna like be a championship contender. But for the goal that I set out, I think I drafted well. What do you think, yeah, I also I also don't think it's a championship contender. Um, I think it's probably a bubble team. I think a lot hinges. I mean, this team has contender upside. Like, don't get me don't get it twisted. Like, this team could absolutely smash Sutton, Higgins, Chase, and Javante. Like in the first four picks, it could go ballistic. I have concerns: one, that Zach Taylor is a good play caller; two, that they're going to throw a ton all year long. They've got some shootouts on the schedule, but I just hope that they're going to be one of the next prolific like. Dallas, Tampa Bay, uh, Buffalo offenses that throw because they have the weapons to do it. And if they do that, then this team is going to go nuclear. Um, But I I am not sold 100% they do that. And it's a lot of investment in a lot of high capital roster positions on that bet. Um, So I think it's it's a big swing for upside. It's probably a bubble team. I love Dalton Schultz volume. I don't know if I love Dalton Schultz as a tight end, but that's, you know, that's kind of a personal thing. You did take some upside with Gusecki later. You handcuffed your hero RB 
with Melvin Gordon. I mean, there might be weeks just given Penny's health and White being both the Whites maybe being buried on depth charts that you're starting Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. So yeah. you got that's a high investment on those two. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I do think it's a bubble team, and I do think it's got um, for sure got contender in its upside. What do you think about you? What about you, Juan? I, I like this team. I, I also think it's bubble and. Uh, here, here's the thing. I, I agree with Trav on the, the the whole Bengals situation. Zach Taylor, I, I, I watched him lose a Super Bowl because he wanted to run Joe Mixon to the ground and set, send out Samaj P. Ryan with the season on the line. So I, I, I agree with Trav on that point, which is why Jamar Chase is my wide receiver four, uh, digs at three. Um, so I see the risk with that. I also think it's a beta move to roster your own handcuff. I'm lower than ADP on Javante Williams and higher on ADP, higher than ADP on Melvin Gordon. I that that was a snipe when I took Claypool. I wanted Melvin mm-hmm. Gordon there. Um, so congrats, you sniped me. But you also are rostering your own handcuff, which I'm not a fan of. But other than that, individual picks wise, this is great. I I actually like stacking Burrow with Higgins. Um, even if not, you know, necessarily the super stack with Chase. Uh, Penny, I, I also am not the biggest fan of Kenneth Walker, and he's dealing with injury concerns. So I think Penny was a really nice pick. He really shouldn't be, given the information we have in the RB dead zone anymore. Um, right. Leonard Fournette, there's always risk with him. So Rashad White in the 10th round, just like Tom Brady in the 10th round, I think that's value. Um, and obviously, you all know how much I love Jamison Williams. So I think this is a really solid draft, but, you know, don't be a beta and roster your own handcuff. That's my only complaint. What if the handcuff uh, is one where it has some of its own standing value and you don't reach? Yeah. I like, like Melvin Gordon at ADP. Like it's just, it's just a, I, I think... I think would I'm, you rather should he, should he have taken Miles Sanders there instead? No, James Robinson. Like, who would you have liked instead on that pick? I I I, pro- I probably would have maybe reached on Kenneth Gainwell actually because I'm I'm Miles Sanders is disgusting. I, I, I love Kenneth Gainwell. Okay. Um, or I would have taken a receiver. Um, but but I also love Melvin Gordon, so I can't. I I think I'm complaining more about getting Javante in the second round because I don't think he's going to live up to his ADP. Then I'm complaining about. Melvin Gordon, although you know they tie hand in hand because I, I don't like rostering my own handcuff, but it's a it's a mix of both because I love sure. Melvin this year. So I get okay. Yeah. I get. Well, I am somebody on the other side. I and my my position on handcuffs has taken a lot of turns over throughout the years, and where it currently sits is if you have a one for one and you don't reach, and if that guy does have some extra value, it it can end up being a smart pickup for you. Um, it can end up being a really valuable insurance policy that you're not actually paying anything for because it does have standalone value. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's a very rare situation, I think, when those actually do kind of work out. I'm I'm on the bubble with it here too, Johnny. And I think you just you had fun on this one here too. Like Kyler Murray, I'm taking over Joe Burrow, but you got Joe yeah. Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Like you got the Bengals, man. Like this is just yeah. a fun squad. I love the Cortland Sutton share. I think it's climbing up in the Olave pick there is nice too i'm going to be the last one now breaking it down here before ahan gives us his favorite team out of the draft took cmc 101 scared about that health but that's football baby coming in the backside i was really curious about that two three turn that's actually why i went in the 101 spot and i was hoping that mark andrews fell because i really like mark andrews coming this season but kyle pitts is right there with me 
And as much gap as you see between Kelsey, relatively speaking, and Andrews Pitts, I'm kind of getting turned on to the idea of taking one of these other two difference makers at the tight end position. And so I was happy to get one of them there at the fall. The bigger question was what other receiver or running back was I going to take? I thought about ETN. Um, I thought it was too early there to go in on Brees Hall. And so I was really looking then at the wide receivers. It was between Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, Michael Pittman, or A.J. Brown. I wanted to get a guy who I thought could be the main vein through the passing attack. And just with, they all have question marks, which is why they're all available end of the second, third round. I went with Tyreek Hill. I do have a soft spot for the man, but I am really liking what I'm seeing come out of camp with. Um, I like his play style. I like the offense that he's on. I had no problem with taking him in the second round. And Jalen Waddle then falling there into the fourth there is a lot of positive statistics saying having two wide receivers on the same team, it's not a problem at all. And if anything does happen, then you're in even more primed position. So like Hill and Waddle, I think are kind of slept on as one of those wide receiver duos that could both finish in the top 15. And I was stoked to pick up Waddle there in the fourth. It's just fun for me. And I think it does have some statistical advantages as well as some insurance policy advantages there too. AJ Dillon climbing up. We had the 1A, 1A comment today. I'm all right with him there as my second running back. Jalen Hurts fell in the sixth. I'm happy about that. Just taking a look at the wide receiver, the running backs, Kenneth Walker, Cook, Algier, three rookies. I'm hoping one of them can be a serviceable third running back or a flex spot. Um, Amari Cooper there is the third wide receiver. And then Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson as a couple of rookie wide receivers taken at the end of the draft. Um, Wilson could be a real role there for the Jets after a couple of weeks. Watson less likely, but he does bring stratospheric upside. He's playing behind the back-to-back MVP without a clear-cut number one wide receiver in Green Bay. Christian Watson's big. He's fast. He's got physical dominance. Does he make it happen? Probably not this year, but in the 12th round, I'll take a swing for that. And then Justin Fields is just another quarterback upside play. That's my team. I like your first six picks. Um, I could get I could get nitpicky and say I don't really like going both the wide receivers, uh, but Jalen Waddle showed us like he's a dog. We know Tyreek Hill is a, is that is a dude, um, and if the team can take a step, then that that's going to be some concentrated targets. So you might just you know, but I think as far as like the stud meter of your first six picks, like they're all legit talent wise. I think they're all legit opportunity wise. Um, I think for me it's a playoff team. I have some issues with your bench. Um, I, I'm not huge on Amari Cooper with 11 games of Brissett. That scares me a little bit. Ken Walker, uh, you know, I, I don't know when he's coming back. I don't know if, if we'll know when he's coming know, back. It's scary, right? Yeah, it's scary. I'm I like so glad James I Cook. Take him in Dynasty. I'm so yeah, glad. <laughs> I like James Cook here. I think that's a late dart throw. He's shown some juice. Garrett Wilson's one that I think we're kind of overcorrecting because we see Elijah Moore, we see these other wide receivers, but he was – a very highly touted wide receiver that could have some pop down the stretch, maybe a post post by rookie bump. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this team's a playoff team, but I think it's a, it's a very shaky, it's very top heavy. You know, something goes wrong with some of your starters here, you could be in trouble. But I think, other than that, I'm I'm into it. Yeah, I would say a bubble team for me. I think it's I like the first six picks, but then I I think your depth is like not great. Uh, and yeah, like I'm not sold on Amari Cooper, Garrett Wilson, like Travis said, could be, but I'm more on Elijah Moore. I don't know if that offense, I don't know if elite Joe Flacco can support two wide receivers. Um, 
So, and then Tyree Kill and Waddle. Not only are you expecting, like, I don't know, does not only does Miami have to meet expectations, but then doing it week in and week out, there might be some struggles. They're like, you might have some really good weeks, but then some really bad weeks. Uh, so, yeah, I think it'll be ultimately on the bubble for me. What about you, Ahan? Yeah, I, I I I like most of this team. I also think it's a it's a bubble team. Um, I think we're all on the same page that Amari Cooper shouldn't be going that high. I would personally take Elijah Moore, Devontae Smith, Traylon Burks, Brandon Ayuk, and Adam Thielen, and maybe Chris Olave if I'm going wow. bold, all over Amari Cooper. Um, Why? I I I, I don't I don't know if a run first offense run by Jacoby Brissett is going to, I mean, when Amari Cooper was already, you know, not necessarily, you know, not elite up to like, he wasn't hitting ADP with Dak Prescott. Right. That's He's not going to hit this ADP. Right. With 11 games of Jacoby per set. It's the simplest way to put it. But I will say, I love the rookie branding here. I absolutely love taking rookies because so many of them are steals. Somebody that didn't get drafted, Alec Pierce, uh, you were asking about rookies earlier. Alec Pierce, kind of similar to Christian Watson, is super athletic, um, and he's in that Colts offense that I like a lot as well. just wanted to mention Alec Pierce, but I do like Christian Watson in the, in, in the, in the struggle of figuring out who is going to be that guy in Green Bay this year. Also, Tyler Algier, I've been pushing a lot of Tyler Algier agendas this year. This mm. man is good, and the only thing that's going against him is he's on the Falcons. If Cordero Patterson is running routes, there's not that many options in Atlanta to play the running back position. Damian Williams is not good. Um, Tyler Algier was very good in college. Um, the breakout finder um, docks him for being a fifth-round pick, but his overall metrics were pretty damn good and beat out Damian Pierce in most college metrics. Oh. So I like Tyler Algier a lot, and of course he's all the Falcons, but the price reflects it, so I love that pick. Garrett Wilson's an absolute stud. I love Elijah Morris. I don't. I think Garrett Wilson takes a year to settle in, but it was a dart throw, and I like it. And I like this this overall team and Jalen Hurts upside to be a top three quarterback this year. So love yeah. that. Well. Well, Whisper Nation, there you have the breakdowns from all of us and the panel. Let us know which team you like the most out of the four panelists. But now I want to know which of the remaining teams Ahan here likes the most. Who gets the toast for you with a team that's not on the panel? Travi got that roast. We all loved it. Now who gets the toast from you? Somebody not on the panel. Somebody in Whisper Nation. So I, I think this this guy's in the chat as well. Um, so at the turn, I've been giving, I've been liking going at the turn a lot at one twelve, in underdog drafts myself, and I'll give it the toast. I I, I think. Oh, oh Jersey Day. Day. I, th- I think this go. team is top to bottom. Uh, just a lot of selections that I would make. Uh, Stephon Diggs already said he's my wide receiver three ahead of Chase. So love Stephon Diggs there. Uh, Najee Harris has potential even in a uh, mediocre um, or below average quarterback situation. Uh, love Najee. He's he's that dog. I, I think people are concerned with volume implying injuries. Like we need to stop with this whole like in the early rounds, you should go for the guy that won't get injured. You're not going to be able to predict which mm-hmm. yeah. workhorse yeah. running back is going to miss games. That's why you go for points per game. Um, mm-hmm. 
Justin Herbert, can't argue with that. Rashad Bateman, obviously his ADP went up with Marquise Brown getting traded, but it should be higher than that. Rashad Bateman is very good at football, and I made a controversial statement a long time ago saying Rashad Bateman was overall, as a football player, better than Marquise Brown. That's still up in the air, but I think that has the potential to be true this year. Uh, so I love Rashad Bateman there. Deontay Johnson continues to be just underrated with Ben Roethlisberger throwing the little junk balls in the middle. He was, without without even racking up yards, he was getting the PPR points, half PPR league. Again, a mediocre quarterback, a below-average quarterback situation. It's fine. Deontay Johnson's still going to eat. Dallas Goddard, I think Trav mentioned him earlier. D- Dallas Goddard's going to be an integral part of that offense. I agree. Um, where I lost this draft just a little was Naheem Hines and Hunter Renfro. I think they're being overdrafted a little bit. But then he fixed it right back with a few guys that I'm very high on this year, Russell Gage, Jalen Tolbert. And Tyrion Davis-Price, speaking of the breakout finder, yeah. rated him really well. He had the lowest receiver rating of the class, overall judgment of how good you were as a receiver in college, and still finished as a top 10 breakout finder rating running back of the class that shows you how good he was in all the other metrics. And he lands in San Francisco where Kyle Shanahan loves to switch up who his number one running back year is every year. Yep. And I love Terry and Davis price at that, at that, uh, at that price. Um, so love this draft overall. There you go. Jersey J. There you go. Dirty Jersey, Jersey J. Yeah. Let's clapping go. it out and clapping it out for everybody here who draft alongside of us. Albert M one, two, one, eight, Mr. Meseeks. Brocal, Nemo, Tree, Smitty Satow, Don Flick, of course, Reed Tyler, and the winner of this draft, Dirty Jersey J. Love you guys. It has been a treat. And Ahan, man, thanks for so much yeah, coming dude. on the show, sharing some of your insights, sharing some of the work that you've been getting going over with Player Profiler. Can you let Whisper Nation know where they can find you, what they should keep an eye out for, and if you've been working on anything that we should keep, uh, keep stay tuned for? Yeah, so first off, really appreciate y'all having me on. It's an honor to be here. Thanks, um, Ahan. Yeah, yeah, and you know, my bad if I got aggressive on some of these. Tips. Not at all. No, I've been spending this entire summer evaluating rookie running backs and wide receivers. So if I have an analytically based take, blame the math. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but but yeah, I'll be. So I've um, you know the the folks at Player Profile are doing an awesome job. The analytics department with Dario Austin, who I worked with uh, a lot this summer, uh, staying over on the analytics side. I'm switching over to betting, um, and I will be covering weekly player props for the NFL. If you play on Underdog, if you play on other DFS sites, or if you have Caesar Sportsbook, you can bet on player props, which are very profitable. And I'll be writing yeah. a weekly section on which over unders I'm taking on the player prop market and I'll be publishing all that work on player profiler and my Twitter, which is on the screen at Ahan Runta. Love it, dude. Yeah. Uh, Go follow him. In the fire. He got information there in the description of the video. Check it out. Whisper nation. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thanks for the knowledge. Thanks for the strong takes. Love to have you back anytime to bring that fire. On behalf of Big Travi, that's Johnny Game Time Hicks. I'm Austin Sear. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Right here. Hey, do you like mock drafts? We do too. You can come back every Monday and mock with us. Check out one of these videos and make sure you're liked and subscribed.